That movie was a lot better than I thought it was going to be when I showed up to see it. In the sequel, they do attempt, I think, to explain the time loop, which here they don't even bother with. Well, I much prefer that. I do too. I have to say, though, any time loop movie that doesn't start each day with you waking up to whatever song is on the radio, you've got to go higher in the countdown. Nice. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Welcome. Fright Club Live. We are back at Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, which means we are full of beer and cheese curds. And <laughs> we are ready to, so talk watch some, out. to talk some horror and watch some horror. Welcome. <laughs> she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. And today we are talking about time loop horror. That's right. Uh, Say it again. Time loop <laughs> horror as I pop my peas or try not to. But before we get to that, you know what? Just the other day, we recorded a, a future podcast that we're going to do air in a few weeks, and we recorded it with our Australian correspondent, Corey Metcalf. Who, but that was right before the fires started breaking out. Yeah, yeah. So he does the Rewatch podcast as well, and he's a good friend. He's been on a million times, and um, we just, w- if he's listening. Send our good vibes. Yeah, we wanted to know that we're worried about him. and we, I mean, and, we did reach out to him, and he's, he's in the city, so he says yeah. it's very smoky, but he's not in any actually physical danger but our heart just it breaks lo- yeah, for him yeah, and for everybody like it's just over a, there. A, a tragic situation so our best to Corey and everybody there and we had a fun week last time a fun podcast last time the best of 2019 i like the way you have this on our notes surprisingly few complaints <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> that doesn't mean there weren't any complaints they were surprisingly few but that's all right anytime you're making lists it's fun to argue. It's fun to say, oh, no, this should be on there or shouldn't be. This should be number one. So what, what kind of feedback did we get specifically? Well, one of the things, right, Mike watched Climax specifically because it was on the list. And I should point out that the, it almost wasn't. I preferred the movie In Fabric. And so I had that on instead. And George really disagreed with that, like in a big, big way. So he would have had Climax much higher on the list. But basically, it had to go on there someplace because he is the co-host. <laughs> so I get she throws a bone every now and then. So but, we uh, dropped in fabric. We put uh, we put climax on there, and Mike saw it, and it was funny because I feel like if you've seen if you've seen it, you have the exact same kind of uh, physical response to that film that you would have to Uncut Gems, where like by the end you're just like this, like oh god, you're so hunched up and tense, you just need to like. Just do some yoga or something yeah. um, in a good way. Well, it was great feedback, and yeah, I'm glad he liked it, yeah. and, uh, even though he said he was pretty much exhausted yeah. uh, by the end. But it was great to, great to hear from Mike. And also one that as soon as the podcast was put away and, and done, I thought, you know what we didn't mention in all of horror last year? We didn't mention the movie Bliss. Yes, we did not. Which a lot of people liked actually a lot better than we did. Right. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of films that came out last year that we didn't mention because they were fine or because they weren't very good or whatever. And Bliss was that for me. It was fine. Right. Um, it had a great, phenomenal central performance. That woman was so good. And a George Went cameo. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, but on the whole, it felt too much like a combination of a handful of films I've already seen a bunch of times. I didn't find it very fresh. Okay. But I, I think we're kind of the outliers there. Most people loved it. Yeah. From everything I'm seeing, most people really yeah. liked it. Anybody here have seen Bliss? Brandon and loved it. You really did you like? Oh. Okay, so there you go. So they both. Did. Um, and actually, okay. since we've talked last, our local film critics group here in Columbus that we're a part of, mm-hmm. the Columbus Film Critics Association, 
We gave out our awards, and horror did not go unmentioned. That's right. Lupita. Lupita won Best Performance by a Female, which was so outstanding. That is great. That is so so awesome. Yeah, actually, we were really excited by the entire set, honestly. Uh, You know, often there are years where something happens, like War Horse wins something. And uh, uh-huh. you got to choke that down. But this year, I was really happy with like everything. Everything that got an award, uh, I was really happy with the whole set. Yeah, I think I'm probably more happy with this year's winners than maybe ever. Yeah. Because in the past, I've you know loved the nominees, but maybe the winners weren't, wouldn't have been my. This was probably as close to what I actually voted for, and that's really let's let's face it, that's what it's about. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's always good to be a part of the group, and and there's That's they Kafka. do a great job. Kafka, Columbus Film Critics Association, so great nominations and uh, great acknowledgement of Lupita. That's right, uh, well well deserved. And also our buds at the Fave Five from Fans. Did I say that right? Yeah, I know. I always trip on it. Yeah. Like I read it, it's fine. When it comes out of my mouth, no, it doesn't happen. But that is it. And they actually. By the time this is live, they will have already put out their first podcast. So yes. I'm excited to listen to it. It's going to be a top five just like ours. It's going to cover a lot of different kinds of genres of media, and we're just excited. We're excited to hear it. A top five just like ours. So are we suing? Are we? Are little... <laughs> yeah. We, we ha- yeah we, like oh, we, we made up the lists. idea of a top five. That's right. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, that's so, 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 I know they've been planning it for a while, yes. so I'm glad they're into it. Off and running, so congrats to you. So let's ourselves get off and running because, as we always are in the Fright Club Lives, just got a little bit of a time crunch here we got the movie to get to, and it's a good one as we talk time loop horror. And actually, as we were talking in Happy Hour, it, it kind of came up that maybe there aren't as many time loop horror movies as the, 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 a big list doesn't always jump to mind like it does for you a lot of the times. Had to go searching for some of these. A little bit. I mean, there were a couple of movies that when I first came up with this topic, uh, and, and again, this was one where I knew I wanted to show this film, and so I needed to find a good topic that the film, you know, would, would fit on, uh, a good topic for, for this movie, to highlight this movie. And um, there were a couple of movies that I thought would, would be on the list. And then when I rewatched them, I'm like, well, that's not re- really a time loop at all. <laughs> like, that's, that's really has nothing to do with this topic whatsoever, <laughs> does it? No. So that's so a problem. It was a problem. So anyway, and then a lot of the movies that I'd always wanted to see and I sat down to watch, they were just terrible. Mind camp. That's just fucking awful. There were a bunch of them. I'm like, Ugh. and then I, it was so bad that I almost went with Bandersnatch. I'm like, oh my God, it's a made for Netflix movie. But that's fun to say. It is. The one thing about all these movies, you'll find that some of them have. Keanu t- Reeves. No way. Yeah. That was last month. <laughs> that was last month. Oh, that was. Uh, <laughs> some of the, the time loops in these movies, some are much more evident than others. Yeah. Some are right out there in front, and some you're not really sure it's a time loop. You don't really know it's a time loop until, well, we're not going to spoil anything. Uh, but let's let's get going. Any, let's any, do it. Any you want to mention that, well, you just mentioned a couple. Yeah, that, no. All right, so let's get into it. The first one from uh, 2013. This is a teenager stuck in a time loop that is not quite the same each time. She must uncover the truth, but her actions have consequences to herself and others. This is Haunter. The man who lived here before you was named Edgar Mullins. He murdered all those girls over the years. I found this in the garage. It's how we connected. Hello? This is my house, Lisa! We can send this bastard to hell, but we have to do it together. Do enjoy killing you. 
This is director Vincenzo Natale. And if you don't know the name, he did Cube. And Splice. Which is all manner of effed up. Yeah. Splice. Cube. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Cube, man. we have talked about a lot, yes. is, is very inventive. Um, and this one, I think the premise is good. The execution as it goes along, maybe not quite as sharp as it could be. Right. Uh, which is probably why it's number five right. on this list. But definitely, definitely a time loop. It's definitely a time loop. Uh, and, and it does do some interesting things with the idea of the time loop because it combines that, right, that sort of Groundhog Day con- uh, concept with uh, a couple of other common horror tropes. And it kind of blends sort of two or three of these together in a way that often works. I also, quick shout out to uh, Susie Sue for Best Supporting Actress as the big face on the T-shirt. So um, <laughs> Abigail Breslin is wearing a Susie and the Banshees T-shirt in the entire film. And the reason that this sticks out to me is that a lot of times when we go, like, say, to Cedar Point or whatever, I'm usually wearing a shirt with a giant eraser head face or, like, a giant zombie face or whatever. And then every snapshot is always, like, our family plus some creepy face on my shirt. And that's what, I, that's what this made me think of. I thought it was so funny to have her wearing such a distracting big white face as she comes into every spooky room anyway i liked that part touching memory yep um <laughs> one of the things i liked the best about this movie though is stephen mccaddy right who plays the pale man who plays the villain right so stephen mccaddy from pontypool oh and, and from a million other things right, he's a that guy he all is the way. a that guy yeah. and he's great at being a creepy that guy yes you know it's pretty effortless for him and i think that it takes a while before he shows up and the first time he shows up he knocks at the door and that's when the sort of the time loop is first interrupted. And everybody just stares at the door like, you know, and then when they open the door, it's him. And then you're like, you're thinking to yourself, this is not going to go well for any of you. This is definitely a bad sign. Yeah, and it's uh, Vincenzo Natale, as we said, the director. But the writer is David Hewlett. And it's the same writer that he worked with on both Cube and Splice. Right. Uh, so obviously the, a favorite of working together. You know, it's creepy. Abigail Breslin, uh, as you can tell clearly, from the, the trailer. Uh, so it's got a little bit of star name to it. Mm-hmm. And although a lot of people, well, Stephen McCaddy is a guy that you know his face. You don't, a lot of people probably don't know his right, name. Right, But he, as you said, makes a great uh, evil killer. And it's got some charm to it. In it a really creepy does. way. Yeah, in the end, it turns too much into sort of frequency. Yeah. You know, one of those, like, let's let's solve a crime across sort, time it together. It sort of has to really twist to get out of the corner that it's it does in. it yeah. really does but i mean on the whole it's a spooky movie and it's it's all right it's okay i like parts <laughs> of it a lot i like steve mccaddy a lot i like a lot of the different scenes just don't really care for the resolution but the important thing is it's a time loop that's right and so it's number five on this podcast haunter from 2013 and up to number four this is just from three i was about to say two but no three years ago now a college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. Happy Death Day. Assuming that I believe any of this is even possible. Sprinklers. Car alarm. The way I see it, you have unlimited amount of lives. Unlimited opportunities to solve your own murder. So I'm supposed to keep dying until I figure out who my killer is? You want to live to see tomorrow, right? Whoever's killing you knows it's your birthday. Pretty much the entire school knows it. These are signs of major trauma. You should be dead. You relive the same day over and over again. Kind of start to see who you really are. That movie was a lot better than I thought it was going to be when I showed up to see it. You know, I watched that trailer, was, and I'm like, yeah. oh, it's Groundhog's Day plus a slasher, yawn. And 
honestly, for me, a lot of it has to do with the lead actress. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's great. Jessica... Roth. Roth, yeah. She's fantastic. As Tree. There's a yes. name. Tree. Yeah. I like people who have a noun for a first name. <laughs> it's like we should all be on a team together. I did think that this was really clever and fun, and I thought, yeah, the performances were uh, mainly why it worked. The director is the same guy who did Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which I always enjoy. It's Christopher Landon, Michael right. Landon's son. Michael Landon's son. I have to say, though, any time loop movie that doesn't start each day with you waking up to whatever song is on the radio, you got to go higher in the countdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a little bit tired, but I did think that this did a nice job of, because, you know, she had to die every day, and eventually right. she just decided to do it differently each time. And that was that really was. I mean, for horror fans, especially for a horror comedy, that was a fun concept. Yeah, the whole vibe is good. Um, I liked also the the weird baby killer mask, which at, yeah. at, first, at first glance you think, okay, that's a weird choice for a scary mask of baby. It was designed, actually, by the same guy who designed the ghost face mask okay. from the uh, from the Scream franchise, and was actually tried out. They tried out a lot of different sort of masks, and the director tried it out wearing that that uh, baby mask, and just totally freaked out people on the set. So ding, 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 yeah. ding. That's the one. Where, and it is. It's at first, it's it's a little funny, and then it's a little not. And yeah. it's just like a baby's following me, and a it's big creepy. giant yeah. baby. Hell. <laughs> but it kind of adds to the whole somewhat of a horror comedy vibe to this, which yeah. uh, which does make it fun and a heck of a lot more fun than the sequel. Yeah, that thought... was one that really surprised us. Um, the sequel, we both saw at the same time for a screen. We screened it and we both hated it because it's not for us a horror film in any way. There's nothing horror about it. And what's worse is that it's a, it's like a bad 80s comedy. It's like zapped. Right. You know, yeah. and uh, I mean, not not even like a, a updated to avoid all of those things that we now know were offensive. When we look back at Beto, it's like, no, that's OK. All the brown people are going to be in the science room. <laughs> uh, so but, anyway, that did not make this list. Although in, in the sequel, they do attempt, I think, to explain the time loop, which here they don't even bother with. Well, I much prefer that. I do, too. Yeah. Don't explain it. Yeah. Quit it. Don't explain it. It's like it's like when people try to fully, you know, they fully explain some paranormal situation. It's like, you're not going to. They're ghosts. <laughs> Just quit it. But I think it's sort of natural. Once you go to a sequel, they probably thought, okay, where do I take yeah. this story? We're yeah. going to try to explain it. But yeah, it can be a hindrance. And I totally enjoyed the fact that you didn't even worry about that. Yeah, in there. I so love that. You just enjoyed the fun, the fun part of it. And that is Happy Death Day. From 2017 at number four on our Time Loop Horror Podcast. Moving up to number three again from 2017. Good year for Time Loops, 2017. As kids, they escaped a UFO death cult. And now two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape surfaces. Brings them back to where they began. It's The Endless. I want to go back. That place is not what you think it is. G lied to you. We couldn't be happier. I saw some of things last night. There's something out here, isn't there? Happier. Yeah, there is. Happier, 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 happier. Who's next? I know we were talking in happy hour, and I know some people here are already aware that this shares a connection with the movie that we're going to see tonight, but that's really all we're going to say about that. Just for this movie in itself, it's writers, directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And in this one, they're actually the main actors they as are. well. Uh, and it's it's fascinating. It's very, very 
clever, it's intricate, and it's one of those movies that just invites you to watch it more than once, yeah. more than twice, yeah. and really try to get at what they're getting at. Yeah. It, and it's very ambiguous that way. It is. And and I think one of the things that they, they, they do incredibly well is develop this whole, you know, they're going back to this this bad place that they, they grew up as children, and they're only going to be there for a day, and then they're going to go home. And the whole time, you're like going... You know you're still here. You know it's like they develop that tension so well, and and you just keep going. I really wish they would just get in the car. Traffic's going to be bad. Get in the car. They do such a great job of developing that tension. But the other thing I think that I love about this, so um, Justin Benson writes and co-directs, and Aaron Moorhead directs, and the movie to me. So it's about two brothers, and they're bickering basically over who gets to decide how they're going to move forward with their lives, which to me is just a writer and director bickering with each other about who gets to decide what this movie is going to be. And I thought that was really clever. Yeah, and much like, again, the one we're going to see tonight, there's some humor to it. Oh, yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny in parts, and it's really shot on an independent film budget, a shoestring budget, and that's why that's really one of the reasons why they decided to act in it. That kept the uh, the budget in line. And also, the main song they use, if you notice in the trailer, House of the Rising Sun, which is public domain, so they don't have to pay for that. So much of it is used is and, and it's smart. You know, it and is. it shows you what you can do because it the does, kind of you story don't, you can when tell. You're, when you're watching the movie, you don't think to yourself, this is No, you don't you know, this is the movie that's made on a shoestring. That's right. It comes together while well, the performances are great. They have a, a character named Shitty Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that's just his name. He's Shitty Carl. I want to get to know him. I uh Lou Temple, who's he's a that guy too. You'd know him if you saw him, and he's always good and he's great in this movie. Yeah, and it was the first genre film to play in U.S. competition at Tribeca since Let the Right One In in 2008. Wow. So not too many genre films there. But it is fascinating. Again, we don't want to get too much into it because it does share a connection with the one we're going to see tonight, and we don't want to spoil anything for that. Really, anything that these guys do, you should have a lookout for. They have one coming out later this year. They have one that they made sort of in between Resolution and The Endless called Spring, mm-hmm. which I think we're going to program for 2021, probably for February, so that we can do a... I fell in love with a monster theme and podcast, just FYI. But it's a great movie, too. Spring is great. And that's just one of the four, four out of the five movies on this list we haven't ever talked about on the podcast. I know, none of them, which is sweet. But the one we have, not only have we talked about it, we showed it here at Fright Club, and that is number two. From 2007, a man accidentally gets into a time machine, travels back in time nearly an hour, Finding himself will be the first of a series of disasters of unforeseeable consequences. We love time crimes. Nacho Vigilando. Yes. He was great. That's a name. It is. It's a great name. And he made the he made the one with Anne Hathaway a couple Colossal of years ago. Yeah, Colossal from a few years is, ago. Yeah, he followed another... up Time Crimes with Colossal, which is nuts. Yeah. But really, really good. And, and this... that's a good way to describe this movie. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah, but it's, and it's really, a lot of really fun. Good. We showed it last year here uh, as part of Friday Club. I think most, if not everybody, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And it always reminds me of that argument we had years ago with one of the other uh, critics we used to write with. And he was reviewing... We were talking Looper. about some, was it Looper? Looper. Anyway, we argued with this guy because he was like, that's not how time travel would work. And we're like, what? <laughs> 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 so, 
I always remember that because what a maroon. this guy this guy in this movie gets in so much trouble over just an hour. Yeah. And he just keeps thinking, I can fix it this oh, yeah. time. If I go back and like and man, does he get in a world of hurt. And it's <laughs> it's so fun and creepy to to see it unfold. And also I love that there's a a, a woman character in that he comes in contact with who's wearing a t shirt, speaking of t shirts and movies, of Schrodinger's cat. Which is just perfect <laughs> yes. for this movie because it just makes your brain hurt the more you try to think as this loop goes on. It's it's so enjoyable. Yeah, it is. It's a wild film, and and uh, it's more I think a sci-fi film than a horror film. Uh, but the there are certain elements before you figure out why you're seeing them. They're they're incredibly creepy, like the pink gauze all over his yeah. head and yeah. the scissors. You yeah. know the you know because they keep introducing things that you because you're you're to follow along with one of the time loops, but you keep seeing echoes of the previous time loops. You're like, the fuck is that? And then like ten minutes later, oh that because you see as it unfolds. It's just a fascinating way, and it's I'm I'm so impressed by anybody who can put together a film like this so that you're you're thinking what's happening right now and what's happening in in front of you and what's yeah. happening behind you all at the same the time continuity. as you write it. Yeah. It's and it's just and it's it's a really short film yeah. and the performances are great and baffling. I just think this is such a fun movie. And it's got little fun touches like in in the room where all the the computers and, and machinery that that house this time machine there's a little sign that says please pay for your software which <laughs> You just think he's pirating this whole program to, to, <laughs> to send us back in time, which I think is great. And yeah, it's 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 such a fun movie. And our first clue that Nacho say his name again, <laughs> Nacho Vigalando, it can be such a uh, such a wildly creative and and original filmmaker was Time Crimes in 2007, which is our number two, which takes us up to number one, and it's the one we're going to see tonight. A man imprisons his estranged junkie friend in an isolated cabin in the boonies of San Diego to force him through a week of sobriety. But the events of that week are being mysteriously manipulated. It's resolution. Dude, you keep coming here with these recordings and these stupid stories about how you found them, and you're acting weird. I think someone might be messing with us. Maybe you have split personalities and you're leaving each other gifts for you to find. Did you see that? that? What? What? That. That. That's satellites. They watch everything. What's going on, Mike? If there is something, it is none of these things. <laughs> we need to leave before they get here. What would convince you that I'm not crazy? So, how many of you have seen Resolution? Okay, okay, the majority have not. It's a good group not. that hasn't. That's exciting. That I is love very that. exciting. So as always, we'd love to get your reactions on tape here after the film. So you want to come down and give us your reactions. We would love to make you part of the podcast because this is another one that invites conversation. It's the same filmmakers yeah. as The Endless, the ones that we talk about. Uh, and Spring, uh, and Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Exactly. We don't want to spoil anything at all. It's a wild movie that, you know, come on in. That guy, he's the best. You're going to love him. Yeah, that's... Everything that happens is so nutty and brilliant, and it's just a really enjoyable, incredibly weird movie. Yeah, I remember I was assigned to review this back when we were writing for newspaper. Remember those? And uh, <laughs> I went in blind, knew nothing about it, and came out of it just blown away. Just loved it so much. I hope you're going to feel the same. So um, 
that's all we're going to say about that. But again, come down after. We'll get your reactions. One hour and 33 minutes later. The first thing that comes to mind talking about this is, all right, the time loop, which is one of those ones that is not as, as evident as the others that we've talked about. But without giving away too much, the other one that these guys did on this list that we've talked about, The Endless, explains more. It does. About it. It does, yeah. It uh, you know it picks up a couple of the same characters. We actually get to meet Shitty Carl. But one of the things that I liked about this movie, uh, because it is much less overt about the time loops, except that they, they get this weird media, and then they were like, okay, well, let's, let's make that not be our future. And so I, and I just like the way, and the way at the very end, it was like, okay, can we do it another way? You know, right. which, who knows what that really means, but I'm thinking to myself, Let's just rewind. We're just going to do this whole thing all over again. And well, I just love the way, I like the ambiguous ending of it, but I just loved all the weirdness going on. And, and I love a lot of the scene transitions were like yeah, broken pieces of film. Yeah, yeah, a blip in the film. Uh, you do get to see the filmmakers, uh, Justin and Aaron. They are two of the Celestial Messiah right. kids. With the turtlenecks that, in the that they meet up with. Collar and then, shirts. Yeah, it's and then they look. take the lead as the lead <laughs> actors in The Endless, um, which, again, shares a connection yeah. with, with this movie that, that, that you, you get to, and it really, it's a, it's a great aha moment yeah. uh, in, in The Endless. So I would much encourage you to check that one out if, if you enjoyed this one. But it's certainly, yeah, ambiguous is the word that keeps coming to mind because there's a lot of different ways to, obviously, addiction is a big theme of this, this film, clearly. Storytelling. Yeah, and your different, ways to alter your future, your possible yeah. future, which is clearly what the one friend is trying to do with his friend and stop him from killing himself. Right. But uh, it's it's weird. It gets a little while to get going. It's a slow burn. Mm. Uh, it, it builds up a little bit. And then, at least for me, I remember the first time I watched it, once, once you started seeing those weird videos, well, then it had me yeah. from then because it was creepy and still funny because Chris is just funny throughout the whole thing. He's saying those, even in the midst of his uh, drying out yeah. or what have you, he's const- consistently funny. And also just like every other character that they stumble across. I love that that woman at the window never shows back up again. She's just scary as fuck, and then she's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're just loonies. They come down sometimes. I mean, that was one of my favorite Mike moments when he wakes up in the in the— because that's totally exactly what I imagined would happen to me if I were in a cabin somewhere. I'd wake up, there'd be some creepy lady just knocking on the window. I'll take her over Charles. <laughs> yeah, Charles is scary. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Charles. No. Thank you very much. <laughs> For being in the boonies, there was an awful lot of people there, and there had been a lot of people there before them. And we're still not sure what happened to the two French photographers. Well, yeah. Remember, they hadn't been seen for 30 years. Yeah. Monster. I love the way that the genre happens around the periphery of this of this movie. That it's 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 much more of a character study at its core, and that the uh, at the, the the fact of time travel or alternate realities happens around the the edges of the movie. I think that's really interesting, and and not something that you totally see because usually that's the the entire focus of the of the films themselves. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And it, this is about as close to Lovecraft as I like to get. Um, where it's like, I think out the window, Lovecraft is happening. Oh, my God. But look at this nasty mattress. What are those stains? I actually saw The Endless before I saw this movie. Okay. So I was uh, really, um, I really liked The Endless a lot, but I was confused about some elements. Um, But after seeing Resolutions, I got an idea of who the Vinny character was. It helped me, like, get more clarity on the character. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. And also, I loved the way, and we don't want to talk a lot about The Endless because a lot of people haven't seen it, but I love the way it picks up the idea of media. The way this is just, he's random. Like, it's almost like it, it, it's almost like the way that he finds media itself jumps back and forth in time. You know, it's like, oh, there's a VHS tape. What? You know, and then there's a CD, and then Where's there's the a Betamax. Film strip. Right. <laughs> it's a laser disc. That would be interesting to see him in reverse order. It would be. That, that would be a, a different a different experience. All right. So, well, overall, what do we think? Yes? No? Okay. Good. I like that. Good, good. I like I'm that glad. very much. From now on, I would like a warning when the dog dies. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I had seen this movie before, and I forgot about it, so I still would like a trigger warning ahead of time. The dog survives or not. Okay. You know, that is interesting because it, isn't there a website? There is. There that, is. That really tells people. Yeah. Yeah. We will, I, we will I, check I feel that. like they probably haven't heard of this movie, the website <laughs> that, that covers that. but <laughs> That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and check that out. Yeah. Check that out. We'll give the but duly noted. Thank you. I do think it's a funny phenomenon, though, that people are far more interested in knowing whether or not the dog or the cat dies than if the humans in the movie die. Everybody's like, whatever. That guy's a druggie. You know, whatever. <laughs> I just thought the dialogue was very well written. This was very naturalistic, uh, you know, back and forth with those two guys. I, I, I you know, I was, I, actually, I've seen it before. But, you know, this time I could really appreciate how just it flowed. It was a beautiful, natural, you know, interchange. And you could totally think that, oh, this would be someone you'd meet, you know, in reg- in real life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally agree, especially 100%. Chris. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the, a lot of times the Michael character was saddled with the more sort of um, genre, you know, exposition. You know, we're not leaving because I'm not taking this home to my wife. Which, you know, in another movie like this, a curse kind of a movie, you're like, just get the fuck out of there. And because I think because the two of them had such a very natural rapport, it, it never came off as being for, um, false. Chris just had a lot of funny lines. Who, you know, he seemed like I'm the dumbass friend that you can't seem to get rid of. But I think that the two of them together made made uh, they did have like very authentic dialogue, a very authentic relationship. And it made it easier for the like the genre necessary lines to be delivered. And I think it was very interesting at the very, very end when they meet whatever they meet. First thing Chris does is bow down. Right. I know. Which, you know, I mean, he's been out there for a long time. I I feel like this maybe wasn't his first encounter. (laughs) So our next podcast, our next recorded podcast because on Monday, Oscar nominations come out, so we will have our yearly skeletons in the closet. Well, we will look back at some horrible horror films that Oscar nominees have made. And who were you? We were just talking about this the other day, and you're voting against, you're rooting against someone because they don't have any in their, in their closet. Adam Driver, who I love, <laughs> but he's never made a bad horror movie, so I don't have room so for like, that. No, Adam, Adam Driver. Sandler, he's never made a bad, he's made a lot of bad movies, none of them horror. I don't have room for Adam Sandler. There's a lot of people, but we did come up with of the of the likely. There's yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot in there, and that's always a such a fun podcast it to is. do. So it is. Really that'll be fun. skeletons in the closet next recorded. That's the in the studio version, and then we'll be back here in February for a love note for Valentine's that's Day right. called Teeth. That's right, because we almost always have this because it's the second week of every month. We almost always have this right around Valentine's Day, so it'll be the twelfth in February. Last, last year, it was on Valentine's Day proper. We watched The Love Witch. Mm-hmm. And so this year, we're going to do the worst date movies. That is the podcast, and we're going to show teeth. Guys, prepare to be uncomfortable. Yes. 
for yes. that one. So good stuff coming. Uh, in the meantime, we always love to hear from you. Get in touch and keep the conversation going. You can find us on Twitter. It's at Fright Club Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus and the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other podcast, our weekly podcast on all the new movies called The Screening Room. That is uh, at madwolf.com. And if you didn't know, don't forget to watch us every Friday morning on Good Day Columbus. We're coming up on our year anniversary That's of right. being their movie critics. So it's every Friday at 930 with Sean and Phil, which is always fun. So until next time, I think that's it. We want to get the movie rolling, we don't do. we? We do. All right. So until next Fright Club, she is Hope Madden. She's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Yay. That's a good one. Thank you, guys. All right. Yep, I see Kurt. Roll it. <laughs>